everybody ash and ty here with a very special guest chelsea haynes we're going to give her a proper intro um is there anything you want to say about where we're at in our journey thus far we haven't really like jumped on and said any i'm just super i'm super excited to have chelsea here yeah chelsea what i love about your social page which is how i found you at first is just the first line in your bio which is you've landed here on purpose and when i read that i was like oh she got me. She knows. <laughs> she just knows. And I'm here. I'm here on purpose. There's something here. And um, I knew that I had to connect with you and get you here on the podcast. And, you know, I have a selfish kind of desire for that because I've been on this journey trying to figure out what the heck is going on with my gut and realizing I should take a step back. You are a a health, a gut health coach, yes. <laughs> Give that framework. That's important. So when I read that and I saw that that's kind of your thing, I was like, Oh, I, I, I need to pick her brain because I feel like I've been on a journey trying to figure out what's going on. And so hopefully I can figure out, I can get some, some nuggets and hopefully whatever nuggets I get from you helps other people as well. That's really it. That's, that's my intro. Those are the two, you know, high level things. And I really wanted to just pass the floor to you. And, you know, I'm obviously curious about your journey. Like how did you get into gut health specifically? And then how did that evolve into coaching and serving others? And then you also say, you know, you kind of niche down even further and say that you support entrepreneurs. So I wanted to pass the floor to you and say, welcome. Thank you for being here. And whatever in that realm that you feel like is important to share with the listeners. Awesome. Ash and Ty, thank you so much for having me here. You know, this is recording podcasts with people who are just as passionate about all this stuff that I'm into is one of my greatest joys. So thank you for having me here. I am Chelsea Haynes. I am a gut health coach. I am a newly retired digital nomad. I'll explain that in just a moment. (laughs) I've also in a past life worked as a super yacht stewardess as onboard yoga teacher. And that is relevant because it kind of feeds into my gut health journey. And um, now I help others do the same. So I guess just to answer a little bit of your questions, what got me into gut health in the first place was my own health journey. And I'm sure many people who are coaches or mentors or teachers can probably relate to this. And for me, 
what that looked like was autoimmune disease. And I experienced childhood trauma at a young age. My parents divorced. My dad pretty much just upped and left one day. My mom had to file bankruptcy. We lost our home. It was a really confusing time in my life. I was 12 years old. So I was prepubescent. I was in middle school, which is already just an awkward time in life. (laughs) And by the end of high school, I started experiencing symptoms of psoriasis, which I came to learn later is an autoimmune disease. And you know, my journey to managing and healing these chronic rashes that I was experiencing for a long time really turned into a passion of mine. And that, that passion was pretty much stemmed from my frustration with the Western model of medicine. And I always disclaim that I love Western medicine. Listen, if I was in a car accident with broken bones, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world, except for in some of the greatest hospitals that we have over here on this side of the world. And when it comes to chronic illness, Western medicine really is more of a um, symptomatic approach. See your symptoms, suppress your symptoms, get you to a point where you're living life without these symptoms, but it's probably because we're suppressing them or hiding them. And by the end of college, I was really frustrated with that model. The dermatologists were just keeping me on different steroids. They were trying to push immunosuppressants on me, which intuitively I just knew was not an option for me personally. Another disclaimer here, if you have an autoimmune disease and you're on autoimmune uh, medication, bless that medicine, let it do its job. It's there for a reason. And if you're curious about another way, then I encourage you to explore that. And that's exactly what I did. After I graduated college, I hired my first health coach. We're going way back now, guys, to 2008. (laughs) And um, yes, thank you. I am that old. I was literally just going to say you look like you're 24. So I don't know what you're talking about. Thank you. Thank you. I'll add a decade to that plus a couple of years. (laughs) It's all the yoga. It's all the yoga and the gut health, of course. No. So I hired my first health coach and she said, we got to look at your gut and you probably have leaky gut. And I thought, what the hell is leaky gut? That sounds disgusting. What does that even mean? (laughs) So she put me on a elimination protocol, anti-inflammatory protocol. And I started digging into the world of gut health. And here we are now, many moons later, and it has become a passion. It's become a journey. It has been a journey. And Along that road, I've learned that gut health is so much more than just food. It's, It's actually not about food at all, which is a bit paradoxical to what we think. And part of my mission as a gut health coach, specifically for high performing people, such as entrepreneurs and other people who are on the go or who have been wrapped up into the one more disclaimer. There's lots of disclaimers when I talk, guys, by the way. I love men. I, I'm not I'm not anti-man, but this <laughs> patriarchal society that we live in promotes this go, 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 go mindset. And if you've been caught up in that, you probably are suffering in one way, shape, or form. And it's probably showing up in your body. So I'm here to undo a lot of that learning. I'm here to really re-empower and reteach people that actually we can be high performing people who get shit done because we love to do that. And sorry, I only say a few four letter words and they always involve poop, (laughs) (laughs) poop, all the things, Um, you know, we can be productive people and feel good at the same time. And that's a, that's another paradox that we've 
come to not believe. We think that we have to sacrifice something. We believe that it has to be hard. We believe we have to grind. And in fact, our society and culture praises all of those things. So it's really hard to unlearn what we learned as kids growing up, especially if you experience abandonment or trauma, or all the other things that we experience in life, even with a lowercase t, quote unquote, we're just doing the best we can to survive. And ultimately we end up running this rat race. And at the end of the day, our gut, our intuition, our soul, it's all related. And it's all been a big piece of the journey for me. And it's been a really fun ongoing journey for the last decade of exploring the physical and then playing with the spiritual and, and healing the emotional to really create this life of real abundance where I work four days a week from my beautiful home in Panama, Central America, and my husband and I are no longer nomads. It's exciting. And, and here we are. Oh my gosh. And here we are. There is so much in there that I cannot wait to dive in. Tyler and I are both like writing certain keywords down like, oh man, I can, we're both doing it. Um, well, you know, first, first I want to say thank you for sharing your experiences yeah. and your trauma and where things came from and getting to the root of those things is really important for people to know, you know, in our own experiences. And I think it allows people to relate with you and to relate with us in that experience. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's an honor. I think and I learned this from Brene Brown. I can't take credit for it, but she says, uh, shame cannot exist when vulnerability is met with empathy. And it gives me goosebumps. I mean, this is what it's all about creating these conversations, co-creating these conversations, <laughs> conversations and creating community as well. There's another C around that because when we are in a safe community and we can share our hearts and our, our souls and our broken hearts that we're trying to piece back together, this is where root cause healing really comes into play. Absolutely. And I also want to thank you for making a point to say that it's not just about food. So like there's so much more to it. And the fact that you're vulnerable to share, you know, your specific story helps to helps other people to understand, like if, if they've got the gut health issue, like me, I'm trying to figure out why am I bloating? Like I need to take a step back and say, it's more than just food. And so I think that, you know, I really want to build the framework and get people who, you know, for, for us in this container right here, we really understand in our own ways, diving into trauma and healing and how that all connects. But I really want to set the framework for people who don't understand those connections. So what I want to say is I do want to hold space at some point in the conversation to dive more into all the aspects that come into play with healing the gut, not just food. Before we do that, if I can say, you know, can you give us the framework for like signs and symptoms? Like, okay, we hear you and mm -hmm. something is the light bulbs turning on. Oh, I, and I think like, okay, I need, I need Chelsea's knowledge. Like I need her support because I got this shit going on in, in me. So what are some signs and symptoms to look out for? It's a really good question. And, and one of the most important things to remember about gut health is that your symptoms that there could be dysbiosis happening. And what that fancy word means is just that there's an imbalance of microbes in your, your microbiome, which is in your colon, uh, as well as some other things along the way in your GI tract. There's, there's something that's not quite working right. The symptoms may often not look like 
your typical gut symptoms. So you may go to the bathroom every day and it doesn't hurt. You might not experience it bloating, which bloating is a very, very, very common symptom. Of course, if you're having actual GI issues, it's you've probably ignored some of the earlier signs that there's a gut problem. If you've gotten to the point where you're experiencing GI issues and you're chronically constipated, if if you're not going to the bathroom one to three times every single day and it's pain-free and easy, we got to talk. <laughs> we got to talk. people you have to talk to. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, if you are experiencing bloating and pain in your stomach, you've probably ignored some of the earlier signs that something might not quite be right. So some of those earlier signs might be feeling sluggish, waking up, feeling tired, needing to survive on caffeine for energy. Our energy levels say so much about what's happening emotionally, physically, and spiritually, of course. And that's why we have to look at all those things to heal. But if your energy levels are kind of all over the place and you experience really high highs and really low lows, you may be in a chronic state of survival, a state of fight or flight, which most of us are in, again, bringing it back to that's what we've been learned is that's what we have learned or what we've been taught equals success, equals productivity, equals making a lot of money, equals lots of free time. And it's just all bullshit. It's just all bullshit. <laughs> but that's what we've learned, right? Okay, so now we can start unpacking that. But if your energy levels are all over the place or they're just non-existent, that's a really important sign that something might be going on. Um, other signs and symptoms, rashes on your body. If you experience, even if you, if you know, say you go out to eat, I know this used to happen to me often. And I thought, this is weird. If I would say, start the night with like a cider beer and end the night with a red wine, man, my neck and chest would flush and my face would flush so red. And I would think, man, I, I think I need to go home. I look ridiculous. This is too much. So if you experience skin stuff, which of course for me, that's where, where it shows the most, that is definitely a sign that something's going on with your gut. So whether it's eczema or psoriasis or even just um, hives or itchy skin or really dry skin, migraines and, and chronic headaches, this is potentially also another sign that something's going on with your vagus nerve, that gut brain connection, there's like a missing link. There's like a bump in the road. Something's not quite working. Brain fog on that same level. I mean, if you can't finish a sentence or you find that you're losing your words often, or you find that you struggle to have a full conversation without being able to stay fully present in the moment, this is also a sign that something's going on in your gut. If you find, man, I, I'm really losing my words and I, and I can't, I, I'm struggling to get a sentence out. Um, it could be that there's some dysbiosis happening in your gut. Um, grinding teeth at night. Uh, this is typically a sign of potential parasites that could be living in your belly. And most of us have parasites. Most of them are not harmful, but if it's gotten to a point where you're really grinding your teeth at night and, and you wake up with TMJ and really struggling with this, it might be a sign that there's something going on with your gut. Um, I'm trying to think of any of like the other really awkward symptoms, but I think those probably cover a lot of the, the basics and pretty common ones that when people come to me, they say, oh yeah, I didn't even realize that that was potentially also a piece of this. Um, of course, cravings and any relations to food as well, or food sensitivities. It's important to know food sensitivities are not 
typically a root cause, they're a symptom of dysbiosis. So when you eat certain foods, if you experience certain things, then there's a sign that something's going on in your gut as well. Oh man. I think I got like five out of, you know, five out of six of those. <laughs> yeah, you, you weren't just talking about us at all. Um, so when somebody like, I'd say one of the, the more difficult things in approaching gut health and nutrition is the overwhelming nature of it for most people, because there's so many different aspects to it. When somebody's presenting themselves with, you know, five out of six of those symptoms, um, what would be something that you initially respond with as far as like, here's a little bit for you to digest and take home and apply? Yes. Great question. So first and foremost, when we, when something is seen, it can't be unseen, which at first can feel very overwhelming. And it's also a really magical place and typically comes with a moment of grief of, oh man, okay, this is happening. Like you said, this is overwhelming. I'm going to now grieve all of the things that I think I have to sacrifice in my life in order to make this situation better and to live happily and healthily and to actually thrive in life. And what I would first say is allow yourself to experience that. I mean, if you have a moment where you're feeling a little bit down and out, that's okay. So something in our culture, I believe that adds to chronic gut conditions is this false belief that we have to be happy and positive all the time. And that actually could be one of the many factors of what's causing underlying chronic stress in your heart and in your soul that, man, I have down days and there's something wrong with me. I'm broken. And that's just totally not true. You know, the, the spectrum of emotions exists for a reason. So if you don't have a lot of experience in sitting in your grief and in your sadness and in your overwhelm, be mindful of it. Don't let it consume you forever. We can talk about ways to shift out of it. But the first step is really just to bring awareness to it being there and accepting it, right? So kind of like that double-edged sword of now I have the awareness. Let me go through what I need to go through to accept this situation because the simple act of accepting the fact that there might be something wrong can be relief in and of itself. I see it for my clients over and over and over again. And especially my one-on-one clients that I work very intimately with, there's usually this little moment where I get this panic text messages. Holy crap. I'm overwhelmed. I just got all these GI map results. What the hell is going on? And we sit in it together and I don't try to change it. I don't try to fix it. I don't try to do anything about it, except be there for that person. And we get in the mud together and we roll around together and we just we, we stay in it. We stay in it together. And then inevitably an hour or two later, after some deep breathing and some zooming out, we do a lot of zooming out in this process. And what that means is just taking a step back and, and looking at what's happening again, becoming aware and accepting what's happening. It actually doesn't feel quite so overwhelming anymore. And, and always implementing and asking for help is definitely, I would say like the second step on that process. Okay, I've seen there's an issue, I, I, I've accepted it, now I need help. So asking a professional in any way, shape or form for help is super, super important. So those are the first two steps and I, don't, I know they don't feel like, okay, I can do this right now, but actually you can do this right now. And, and just those two steps 
can create enough of a shift back into the parasympathetic central nervous state of rest and digest that actually this is how we start healing. It's, it's the first step with my clients. Let's take it a step forward now, right? Because now it's like, okay, I see it. I was, witnessed it. I had a moment about it. I asked for help. Where do I start, right? Well, we got to start at the beginning and we, we, we have to assess what's going on. And this is exactly what we, what we do in my programs. We have a thorough intake form and it's, it's not just your standard going to the doctor and I'm telling them all the things that I do. It's actually an opportunity to assess who I am being in life. So what does that mean? Okay. I eat this, this, and this during the, the day. All right. That's cool. I don't really care about that yet. Maybe we'll get to that later in the program, but for now, I don't care what you eat. I want to know who you're being while you're eating. Mm. Are you standing? Are you running? Are you eating in your car on the go? Are you really stressed out? Are you in front of your computer? Are you eating your leftovers of your kids cut PB and J? Like who are you being while you are eating? Because foundationally without this awareness, it doesn't matter what we eat. Because again, the state of our central nervous system is the ultimate driver of everything else in our life because we're operating 95% in our subconscious mind. Our subconscious mind only wants us to survive and procreate. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So if we are constantly in this state of survival, our central nervous response of fight or flight is going to shut down digestion. That's, that's the moral of this story. If you're in fight or flight, digestion is turned off. So the third step in that process, I guess, truly of how do I, how do I begin healing is you have to look at the state of your central nervous system when you are consuming food, because guys, let me explain it to you like this. There's some dogmatically good and bad foods. And we do a lot of work around our relationship with food and taking morality out of food. You're not a good or you're not a bad person because you had a piece of cake last night. Like, like you weren't bad. If you want to go be bad, go like streak down the road or something. I want to like be bad. That. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's go be bad. And that's actually a whole module in my course. We literally spend two weeks just going and being bad and being naughty without Ooh. breaking the law or hurting ourselves or anybody else. But I like, like this, this inner child has to come out and food has turned into because of diet culture, this really easy way to be bad. So like, let's just let that inner rebellion, inner teenager out as adults. Now that we have like resources to do that and go be bad, go be naughty in some other way. So we take morality out of food, but we have to look at if I'm eating a dogmatically healthy food, say, this is what people always say. Well, I eat salads all day, every day, but I'm constantly bloated. Well, for many reasons, yes, duh. <laughs> and I'll explain, but who are you being when you're eating? If you're eating this, this healthy food that you think is going to nourish you and, and, and feed your cells in a metabolically, metabolically healthy way, but you're super stressed out, your digestions turn off, your hydrochloric acid is super low and you have no digestive enzymes because your liver and your pancreas and your gallbladder are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. If you still have those organs, maybe they've been taken out. How can you, uh, how can you even consider digesting this raw fiber filled food? Of course, your gut is going to respond to that. 
oh, but when I eat these carbs, I feel a lot better. Yes, because they're a lot easier to digest because your digestion's turned off. So again, it doesn't matter what you're eating. If I'm super stressed out, am I going to be able to absorb those nutrients from that salad and eliminate the toxins appropriately? Probably not. Probably not. Mm. So it's a long answer to your question, but start really assessing who you're being. And, and what I mean by that is what is the state of your central nervous system? Are you chronically stressed out or are you good? It's really the root of it all. And if you feel good, but you also feel like you're having these gut issues, there's probably underlying currents. I talk a lot about the ocean and a lot, a lot of what I do has these upstream and downstream analogies. The underlying current of who you're being is going to determine your digestive fire, your digestive power. And shifting into more often a new baseline of rest and digest I mean, that's the, that's the name of the game right there. That's, that's the end result. So we could spend time talking about ways to do that, but ultimately I think it would be remiss because everyone here who's listening, we all know the things in our life that help calm us down. Do more of that. Now, if it is harming you, maybe reconsider that thing that's calming you down, but if you're not doing that thing that helps you, this could also be a root cause in creating that underlying current of, man, I desired to go walk outside all day long and I should it all over myself. I should do this. I should do that. And then I didn't do it. And at the end of the day, I got all stressed out. And then I laid in bed and I scrolled on social media, even though I wanted to go to bed early. And then I woke up late and I was tired. And then I sat on the toilet for a half an hour because I couldn't poop scrolling on social media again, numbing out to the rest of my shit that I had to do for the rest of the day. Cause I didn't want to do it. Cause I was tired, but then I start the whole process all over again. And all I wanted to do was go for a walk in nature. <laughs> it's so simple. <laughs> and what I really appreciate. Thing, remembering... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say, remembering that it gets to be easy and unlearning the fact that we believe it has to be hard and that diet culture has taught us that it has to be hard and difficult and we have to sacrifice a lot. It's a paradigm I would encourage everybody to try on for size because it gets to be easy and it gets to get easier. And guess what? It even gets to be fun and full of pleasure. Wow. Yeah. There's so much there that I, I could spin off and I appreciate all that so much. But what I think I appreciate the most in that is that you're really addressing who we are on a day-to-day -day basis, like at our core, as you said, who we're being on a day-to-day -day basis. And that, to me, what that means is like, are you living intentionally? Are you living presently? And how do you actually want to, to live? Like, do you want to live with energy? Do you want to live calmly? Do you want to live uh, with awareness and that at our core, whether it be food exercise or anything else in regards to our health is the most important thing. Exactly. And we can experience a lot of blocks, you know, along that way. So maybe it would be helpful just to review a couple tangible tips. Like if someone is listening to this, they're probably interested in self-development and self-awareness, but maybe you've experienced trauma or grief and you're really struggling to kind of connect those two things. It's sort of like, okay, I see it, but how do I actually start changing it? So 
a couple of my really important tips is what I call meal hygiene. So if you notice that you're in fight or flight, when you sit down to eat anything, again, I don't care what it is, <laughs> a few ways to shift or what I call like backdoor trick biohack your, your central nervous system back into a place of rest and digest is to literally implement meal hygiene. And what that means is stop, drop and breathe first and foremost. So it may sound redundant for anyone here who's practiced yoga or breath work or anything, but we can all forget how powerful the breath is. And scientifically, when it comes to gut health, if you're diaphragmatically breathing, you're literally pumping the muscles in your core and your stomach. Your stomach has HCL pumps. If you have reflux and you're on PPI inhibitors, proton pump inhibitors, you're inhibiting these pumps from working. So Again, if you have chronic GERD or reflux, call me because we gotta shift. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is really a, a really bad symptom of gut health issues, right? But you want those proton pumps to work because what those pumps do is they produce hydrochloric acid. Our stomach doesn't have teeth, which I'm gonna get to step two in just a second regarding our teeth. Our stomach only has acid in order to break down our food. We need more of it to break down our food. Acid reflux is very counterproductive or counterintuitive to what they've taught us on the commercials for Tums and all the other things. Maybe I'm not supposed to say name brands for all of the antacids on the market over the counter. They teach you that you need to suppress your acid in order to fix this problem. And it's actually the complete opposite. The reason why you're getting reflux is because there's not enough acid in your stomach to keep your esophageal sphincter closed. So your fermented food that's now sitting there like a rock gases are making their way back up your esophagus and your food may even make its way back up. The acid is what triggers your esophagus to stay closed. So you're not getting that reflux feeling mind blown. Mm -hmm. So stop dropping belly breathe before you eat that will get those proton pumps going again. So you're physiologically producing hydrochloric acid. Belly breathing also sends a message through your vagus nerve to your brain that all is well. Another way to stimulate your vagus nerve is by gargling or humming. There's a reason why yogis sing and, and do mantra and why Buddhist monks, you know, meditate with their voice and, and Sanskrit for hours because the, the humming will actually vibrate your, your vagus nerve. And it's another backdoor trick to tell your central nervous system, all is well, we are good. Like we can sing, we can dance, we can have a good time. We're preparing ourselves for food. It can be done in as short as 60 seconds. Four rounds of four, 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 four box breathing, inhale, hold, exhale, hold, four seconds, four seconds. It will drop you right in. Stop, drop, and breathe first. Tip two, I mentioned the teeth, right? Digestion starts in our mouth, y'all. How many times do you think is the average chew per bite of the standard American diet? Throw a number out there. Five. Uh, 17. Five. <laughs> Three. What? Three is the average chew per bite. Chew, 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 swallow. Wow. And during that time, we're already, this is my imaginary fork. It's a beauty counter, clean lipstick. We are spooning up our next bite. Chew, 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 swallow. The next bite goes right in. Our stomach's not even... Our stomach's down there like, wait, no, what are you doing to me? You're shoving all this stuff in here and I'm not even ready for you. Okay, 
I guess I have to be ready for you, but now you've set me up for failure because you're swallowing whole chunks of food. You're not even giving me the benefit of the doubt of utilizing your saliva, which has digestive enzymes in it, which starts the digestive process and your beautiful teeth to your food. <laughs> the, the goal is 32 times. Whoa. It's going to take me so much longer to eat my dinner now. This is tip number three. <laughs> Slow down, sister. I call it a 20 minute. Meal. 20 minutes is the average amount of time it takes for your stomach to communicate to your brain that you are full. So by slowing down and chewing your food, let's say to applesauce consistency. Now, if you're eating mashed potatoes, chewing 32 times doesn't make sense, but mashed potatoes are already applesauce consistency, right? Your body's like, yes, this is easy to digest those raw quote unquote healthy salads that are really big chunks of fiber, your stomach has to work really hard to break those things down. Give it the benefit of the doubt. Chew it to a smoothie consistency first, 32 times is the goal, and then swallow, which means in between part of meal hygiene, put your fork down. You can chew and take a deep breath at the same time. It's like a win-win for everyone, including your gut. So chewing your food. Step three in meal hygiene is slowing it all down. So putting your fork down between bites, um, really appreciating the consistency and the smell and the colors and the textures on your plate. Maybe even exploring eating with your fingers. There's a reason why cultures do this, right? It's a full body sensual experience. Food is not just medicine for our body. It's medicine for our soul. It's supposed to be that way. There's nothing better than a three hour meal, you know, with friends. And, and it's amazing how things change and we actually do slow down and we can eat seven courses that are smaller than enjoy the whole thing. And we aren't bloated at the end. And maybe we ate cheese and, and I don't know, dessert. And you know, again, all these dogmatically bad foods. And we realize, wow, I'm not even bloated after that. I feel comfortable. I feel good. And that's because I, took three hours to eat it. <laughs> Obviously that's not realistic for most of us, but 20 minutes, if you're not carving out 20 minutes to sit down and eat your food, you got to reassess your calendar, man. You got to, <laughs> yeah. this is a root cause thing again. Like we're praised in corporate society to work through lunch. Oh, you worked through lunch. Good for you. High five. Now let's all go to happy hour and drink our sorrows away. <laughs> I, love, I love wine, by the way, I'm not anti-drinking, but I'm just saying like, you know, it's, it, that's been part of my process is being able to consume good wine that I love without getting rashes on my skin, which I don't anymore, by the way. But this conscious mindset, if you have to look at your calendar and carve out time, I would say this is step number four, assess your time, make it a priority and nourish not just your body with food, but your soul. You're supposed to enjoy food. And if you're not enjoying it, what the hell's the point? <laughs> yeah. I wanted to make the joke to like how long it takes to chew something and time. And I was like, you know, or a hack could be, you know, just blend your hamburger, you know, just put that baby <laughs> in a Vitamix, press pulse, 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 slug that boy down and just keep working hard. Right. No, but I mean, listen, um, babies don't have teeth. It's why we have to feed them baby food. It's because we want their gut to be efficient and to poop it out the other end. But yeah, yeah I mean, 
chewing is a is a joyful thing like let's make it let, like can we normalize chewing again because it's supposed to be fun <laughs> we're gonna look at each other tonight at dinner and count together yeah i call it the chewing game ty it's a <laughs> yes game. Yes. we like a good game and a good challenge we're very competitive so that might work in our favor um wait I one second i i just wanted to share really quickly when you brought up and the 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 uh essentially the the side effects of a lot of these things. One that came up for me very recently was reflux. And it was kind of amidst us beginning our journeys. And essentially what happened was, uh, you know, I, was, I went to an ENT, looked at my throat and so on, prescribed, prescribed Prilosec, you have silent reflux. And um, the pharmacist said to me, you know, he was actually a pretty smart dude. He's like, you know, this is gonna help your symptoms, but it's not about, it's not about your gut, it's about your stress. Mm -hmm. uh, which opened my eyes a little bit. And it was like, duh, as soon as he said that, I was like, of, of course, this all started when I started traveling. I did address my stress, but I also did start to supplement with enzymes, HCL yes. enzymes. And I didn't know why, like I, I've taken enzymes in the past and I just thought intuitively, maybe something's going on. This is a supplement I'm used to using. And guess what? I did that for like five days and the reflux is gone. And I had no idea what you just offered as the actual scientific background around that. So I was super stoked when you said that. I was like, all right, I did it. Oh, Ty, this is why I have the word intuitive in front of in front of my gut health coach name on Instagram, because this is exactly what it's all about. So just a reminder, I don't know your body. You know your body. You're the guru of your body. I know how the GI tract works and we can offer different things. But at the end of the day, you know exactly what you need. But because we've been taught to look outside of ourselves for the answers and we live in this heavily marketed society that solves all of our problems, you know all the answers. And supplements are a fantastic way to reduce symptoms on the healing journey. So first off, let's raise our hands to that pharmacist. Amen to that person. Yes. Because wow, planting just that little seed for you was game changing. And for that person who's, again, I love the Western medicine model, model for what it is for that person to say that to you, there's not enough people out there doing it. And it's really just because of a timing thing, right? Doctors are overworked. They're, they're overscheduled and they don't have time to educate everybody for 90 minutes on a podcast about this stuff. So yes to that. I love that you started supplementing as well with both HCL and the other piece of that is digestive enzymes. So amylase, protease, lipase, these specific enzymes that our bile and gallbladder and pancreas, the bile from our gallbladder and pancreas produce, help to break down protein, carbohydrates, and fat. Now, is supplementing forever an ideal situation? No, of course not. So this is where that root cause healing is fantastic. And this is exactly what I do in my practice because I believe along the way, if we're suffering, healing is gonna be a lot harder. So let's start looking at some of these ways that we can reduce our symptoms that are not causing more problems in the end as we also address our stress levels. And you mentioned travel. I mean, I'm, we just moved in last week to our condo. We've been digital nomads for over six years. I understand wow. the stresses of travel and living out of a suitcase. As much as we love it, 
it can be tough. And I see the chakra board behind you. I mean, this is root chakra kind of shit right here. If we don't feel safe and grounded in our core, as much as we love all the adventure, that central nervous state is going to be on high alert because again, survival is the survival and procreation are the only goals for fight or flight sympathetic nervous response. And if we're on the go, there's a lot of unknowns in our life. And until we start to release some of that need for control and start to fall back into trust, whether you are a traveler or not, that's going to cause some really big friction. And your central nervous system is always going to be running, running on survive, survive. What I really love about the steps that you've provided, like I hear like, you know, obviously we've talked a little bit about food. We're talking about supplements. We're talking about stress. And I know that there's so much more we could dive into those categories. But what I love about having addressed them thus far is I really feel like those, that's the entry point for a lot of people. Like when they think about gut health, like these are the places where people start, where they can really, and it's fine, like start there definitely. Cause this is a part of the process, but for a sake of time and for the sake of rounding everything out, I definitely do want to spend a little bit of time addressing some of these other levels that I think uh, is not an entry point and something that people don't necessarily consider. Like, for example, you know, you're mentioning the chakra system. I wanted to ask, you know, in regards to like energies and, and, and the chakra system, like how much do you speak to like the solar plexus, which is that gut area. So energies and then emotional healing. And obviously when we started the conversation, there was some stuff about trauma and how that kind of played a role. So I would love for you to just take that you know, category and just what, what, what would be your steps? How would you work that into the gut healing? I love it so much. So first and foremost, we've all experienced trauma in our life. Now that that could be on our second birthday, a balloon popped and it scared the crap out of us. And, and we're forever traumatized by loud noises. Right. And we don't even know why all the way to maybe what we would consider a capital T trauma. Um, and some some form of abuse that may have happened in your life, or if you if if people here have never heard of the holistic psychologist or don't follow her on Instagram, she's a great resource. Um, I I just love everything that she shares, but she shares a lot about trauma, so that's one good resource. Um, I also want to preface as well that if you are experiencing gut gut stuff, just on one more physical note doing a proper GI map test can be really helpful. So just to like round out that other conversation, getting proper testing and knowing what's going on can be really, really helpful. Do it through a physician or with a certified professional like myself, because the ones that are available to you just on the market, they're going to just cause more confusion than anything else. And they're going to tell you to eliminate a bunch of things and they're not going to teach you actually how to heal. So getting tested with a GI map, not a food sensitivities test, not an allergy test. Cause again, those are symptoms, not a root cause, um, can be really helpful as far as energies and healing. So actually, if you go into my Instagram, they've been old. Maybe this is an inspiration to like, maybe bring those posts back up to the top. I talk a lot about energy. I'm, I'm also a certified yoga teacher. I have extended training in PTSD, yoga for PTSD and trauma, trauma-informed yoga and breathing. Um, you need help to navigate this world. 
right? And again, once something is seen, you can't be unseen. And I say that again, you don't need help, but it can be very helpful to have a professional on the journey with you when exploring trauma. Because if your body goes into a state of fight or flight, you have a panic attack, it can be really challenging to shift back into a state of rest and digest and feeling safe in your body. That's what it's all about. We want you to feel safe and remember that those old experiences are not currently happening in the present moment. Here we are again, bringing it back to time, the present moment. It's sort of like, I mean, how do you talk about energy and trauma without like just immediately going all over the place in your mind? But <laughs> it kind of starts with assessment, right? What are the things in my life that are causing issues? Where do I feel the symptoms? So is it way down in the bottom of my colon, which would be the first chakra? Is it a little bit higher, kind of like near my navel, the second chakra? Or is it even higher near my stomach, the third chakra, right? Assessing where you're feeling the pain and realizing that that's where those energy centers are, man, is it light bulb moment. So for example, looking at the third chakra, right? The source of your confidence, your identity. If you're also kind of feeling like imposter syndrome and this sort of like you're, you're experiencing an up level or a shift in your life or you've let go of some old people or habits or places or things and you're experiencing a new identity shift, it makes sense to look at these things if you're experiencing heartburn, for example, and maybe diving into, well, what's underneath some of those feelings? When else in your life have you experienced times where you didn't feel accepted by your peers? When have you felt um, the emotions that are associated with the third chakra? And like looking back at the timeline of your life and saying, man, let's bring it down to root chakra because that's the beginning, right? If you're chronically constipated or you're having issues with all of your sex organs and, and pain and hemorrhoids in your anus, this is all root, root chakra kind of stuff. And if you don't feel grounded into the earth, if you feel a lot of shame and guilt in your life, if you're feeling really uprooted and on the go all the time, looking at the emotions associated with that chakra can be light bulb healing moments. Yeah, actually I have been experiencing a lot of guilt and shame and I feel guilty and shameful about that. Let's explore that a little bit. Where is that coming from? What happened? Are there limiting beliefs around it that are keeping you stuck? in these mindset loops, which of course, eventually are gonna to lead to physical symptoms in your body. So I guess to kind of wrap that up in a pretty bow, understanding the emotions as well as the location of your symptoms associated with those chakras. And it also goes up, I mean, your throat chakra and, and reflux, right? That, and your, your heart, heartburn, your heart chakra and your throat chakra can also be related to reflux. What are you not speaking in your life? What in your heart is broken or doesn't feel quite aligned with what you actually desire in life? So a lot of what I do with my clients is exploring desires. Oh, but now I feel shame for desiring this other thing in life. Now we're back to the root chakra again. So again, looking at desires and remembering that actually desires are good pleasure is good. And this isn't always sexual related, which most of us always, most of us think, and that's why we feel a lot of shame around these things, but 
exploring desire as a means to your dharma, your path. If you desire to travel the world and work from your computer and spend your evenings on the beach, there's a reason why you have that desire. You're, you're probably meant to do something with that. If you're ignoring that for some reasons that are root chakra kind of stuff, and then you're also experiencing issues somewhere between your mouth and your booty, and then also affecting your connection to that which is greater than us, of course, it's all connected. So how do we start shifting that? Digging. By listening to what you're saying. (laughs) I mean, I always say to my clients, you know, this isn't about me jumping in the in the pit with you and pulling you out prematurely. This is about me getting down in the mud with you and us rolling around and having fun and getting messy and getting dirty and showing up as we are and, and being in it and then crawling out or like climbing out victoriously when we feel ready and when we feel safe in our body. And, and obviously I'm not, a, I have a degree in psychology, but I'm not a licensed clinician. So there, of course, I have a team of, I have an ND on my team, a naturopathic doctor, functional medicine doctor. And I also have therapists that I refer my clients to if there are deeper lying things happening that I feel are out of my wheelhouse of genius. And I'm, I refer them to the appropriate places. Uh, I just wanted to address this one thing that you've mentioned a couple times, and that is asking for help. Yeah, it's very important. I, I totally agree with you. I feel like everybody thinks that they could do everything on their own. And we are social animals. Like that is actually not at all how our, our nervous system is meant to, to function. And I've recently come across this in um, The Body Keeps the Score, certain other books about somatics and how the social engagement system is very much a huge part of how our downregulation works. Like this is physiologically how we process trauma. It yeah. is through connection. And if asking for help is that for you or just sharing what your trauma is, um, it's, it's literally how our, our rest and digest works. So I just wanted to throw that in there. I don't know if you can see the goosebumps on my body, but it's from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And that's always a sign that someone needed to hear this. And man, we've been through a hectic couple of years. We've all been isolated and alone and afraid and really scared. And maybe not everyone, but many, many people have experienced that. And we, and you know, this experience that we've been through the last two years, two years collectively as a, as a race, a human race, um, it's brought up all of our old traumas that have been undigested. I, I would, I would venture to say that none of the emotions that we're feeling are new and I'll bring it back to that Brene Brown quote, just to add to that, shame can't exist when we are vulnerably seen and heard. And at the end of the day, there's three basic needs of every human being, and that's to be safe, loved, and accepted. If one of those things are being triggered, or if you're feeling some sort of way, it's probably because one of these three things are being threatened. And when we feel safe, loved, and accepted for all of the things that we've quote unquote done in life, it's game changing. It's game changing because that shame can't exist anymore. And then everything from the root up starts to flow again. Absolutely. I, I love everything that we talked about and I'm sad because I feel like, man, there's so much more 
that we can go into. And, and so I do want to ask like, well, I have, I have the question, how can people connect with you? We're going to get to that. But first I want to take the last few drops of time before the final commentary um, to kind of shift gears and talk about a little bit about the behind the scenes of Chelsea. Cause I think it's so interesting. You've mentioned a little bit throughout the story about you being a digital nomad and just having settling settled into Panama. So I mean, how did you choose Panama and how did you decide that you were done traveling? Obviously, this is of curiosity to Tyler and I, because we are currently digital nomads. And at some point we know that we'll root back down. So you're at that phase of life. Tell us about Panama. Totally. So it goes back a little bit to 2015 when I got divorced. So I have been married before I got married young. It was with love. And then uh, I got divorced when I was almost 30. And, and that was also with love. We were we were together for six years and it just we, we grew apart. And at that point in time, I had one of those divine downloads driving to the yoga studio. And it was literally a, this clairvoyant God voice that said, you have to move on to a boat. And I thought, well, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> So I took it very literally and I reached out to a friend of mine who I knew had just um, shifted away from the, from yachting as a career and yachting is, is, I'll explain what that means. We essentially work on private super yachts. So I reached out to her and I said, you know what? I got divorced. I'm living in this, in Charles, living in Charleston, South Carolina is still a, a pretty small town. And, and, you know, I think I'm ready for a change. I had lived there for 11 years at that point. I went to college there. It was great, but now that my marriage had ended, it just felt like it was time to move on. And she said, well, you know, I've had this conversation with over 30 people and no one's followed through. And I said, Amanda, I'll be the first one. <laughs> mm-hmm. So six months later, I, I had sold all my belongings. I had to give my cat away, which was so oh. sad. But we have a new kitten now. She's mm-hmm. running around somewhere. Um, and I, I embarked on a true eat, pray, love kind of journey. And I taught yoga on private super yachts for five years and I traveled the world and it was so soul healing. And man, if you ever, so it's like, if you want to know what you need to work on in self-development, go home and live with your parents for a few months, right? It'll bring up all that old crap. Same thing with yachting. It's sort of like joining a fraternity, um, with people from all over the world that haven't done a lot of self-development work except for the few gems that have and um, are now adults and not college students and and have a lot of money and make a lot of mistakes. It's really weird. It's a really weird world, but it was exciting. It was necessary for my healing and it was a pivotal choice that I, I made in trust. And you know, coming back to trust is always what it's all about. Trusting your intuition, trust, trusting your gut. Of course, how can you trust your gut if you're having gut issues? That's trust your gut, digest your life. That's my whole thing. So of course, on that journey, I, I, here I am now newly single. I'm going to get into yachting. I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to date all the international guys and it's going to be awesome. I'm going to have some Italian making pasta for me. It's going to be great. (laughs) The first boat I joined, uh, I met my now husband. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's how it always works the irony was that the name of that boat was kismet uh hopefully i'm yeah i don't think i'm going against any contract sign but the name of that boat was kismet and kismet is a turkish word that means fate and i had just d- divorced my turkish husband and mm. i thought man this is this is definitely fate or god's will the will of allah and um you know, we, we, Dimitri, my now husband and I, we, we started dating and, and I fought it left and right. You know, we went through bumps and 
all the roads and, you know, all of my baggage that came with me. I, I was sort of at this point insistent that it was meant to be and that I wasn't made for love and that my divorce was just proof that marriages don't work because my parents didn't work, all of those things, right? And he fought. He fought for, for me and for my true self. You know, he, he saw me to my core and he saw all the wounds and he helped me heal them. He was part of the process of that safe place to land where shame couldn't exist anymore. And where we are now, 2020, almost 2022. So almost, actually almost six years later to the day, we um, moved into our home. So to answer your question, Panama, we've traveled the world together. We've been all over the place. When we got married in 2019, we had that conversation. He's from the Bahamas and I'm from the United States. And he said, you know, I never want to live in the States. Um, so if we're going to do this thing, we, we need to consider that. And at this point, you know, we had been traveling for four years now. And I thought, man, the world's a really big place. I don't really have much desire to, I don't have to live in the States. I can live anywhere in the world. And that was like a big eye-opening moment for me as well to realize that because I always thought that that would be really hard. I don't know. Again, these limiting beliefs that are undercurrents of our lives. And when we were looking for places, it pretty much came down to two places in the world. It was either Europe or Central America. And Europe was kind of quickly checked off the list just because of uh, residency, visa, and tax purposes. That's really what it came down to. Uh, Dimitri still works on yachts. He makes international income and becoming a resident of a country that was now going to charge like 60% tax just didn't seem to make sense. <laughs> uh, Canada, Spain, all these, all these places that are really great but have really high taxes. It just, it just especially because he's from the Bahamas and they don't tax international income. So getting a peek into the financial world as to why we chose Panama. Um, so Central America was really high on the list. First, we looked at Nicaragua, Costa Rica, but one of my big things was I didn't want to be, I wanted to feel safe and I wanted to have paved roads. I spent a lot of time in Costa Rica. A lot of those roads are not paved. There's a lot of jungle life. And I, I didn't want to feel like I was living in a jungle as beautiful as that is. We've done those vacations. Um, I run a business and I need strong Wi-Fi and I need to be able to drive on a paved road to the grocery store. That was my, that was, that was my, you know, my only really main concern and safety. So of course he's gone for a lot of the year because he works uh, on boats still. And I wanted to feel safe. I didn't want to live somewhere where I felt like if I, you know, if, some, if I was by myself, that I'd be this, this gringa in a, in a Central American country that was going to be a target for petty crime or worse. So we took a flight to Panama City after doing some research. A lot of people retire here. There's some big ex, ex, expat communities here. And uh, it's really great too, because it's also still very Panamanian. You know, I didn't want to live somewhere and only be around a bunch of other Americans. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be somewhere where I felt like I was also a part of that culture or at least get to experience that culture. And Panama checked off the list. It was at the time, this was a few years back. We were able to get residency very easily. Um, Dimitri is the forever researcher. He pretty much knew exactly what, literally what building we wanted to live in before we even got here. So we took two months, two years ago and said, let's just go check it out and live there for two months. And uh, we ended up buying a condo while we were here. So we loved it so much. And yeah, so to answer your question, we're on the same side of the Atlantic Ocean as our family. That was a big thing. So he's in the Caribbean, I'm in the US. I feel super, super safe here. There's extremely fantastic infrastructure. Panama City is one of the biggest 
banking cities in all of Central and South America. Of course, we have the Panama Canal here. So the economy is super, super stable. Uh, we don't rely on tourism the way a lot of other Central American countries do. Um, and it's a lot of really important tax breaks for expats and for people who make international income. So Panama, please don't ever change that rule. <laughs> <laughs> Put it out there. You know what? Yeah. We may just have to go to Panama. Come on down. Come on down. <laughs> we'll take a ferry with our RV over there. Yes. Um, you don't even have to. You could drive. Drive oh. to Mexico. Come on down. The Pan Am Highway goes all the way. Drive your RV right to my front door. Come on. True. <laughs> I don't know what I'm thinking. I need to look at a map. <laughs> um, you know, I've, I've loved our conversation today. And thank you so much for sh shining your light and your wisdom. And I, I know that the people listening are going to get something from this. I want to leave with our, our final question and then give you an opportunity to share how people can connect with you, of course. But our final question that we like to ask everyone, very fitting for our, uh, the podcast title, is what is the most influential journey that you have been on? Well, shit. <laughs> I'll, I'll answer that with a moment that I had the other night and it's going to make me emotional mm -hmm. thinking about it. So I, I shared that when my dad left, my mom filed bankruptcy and we lost our home. I'm going to tear up. It's okay. And here we are now, how many years later, 25 years later. And for the first time in my life, my husband and I own a home and I laid in bed, my own bed for the first time in, well, over six years since we've been a nomad in our own home because we moved out and my mom's been renting ever since for the last 22 years. <sighs> it's testimony to how the healing journey is forever and that can feel daunting, but if you allow it to be exciting, moments like this are so influential and so deep and so important that, it, I wouldn't have it any other way. So I guess to answer that influential moment, you know, to, to, to have stayed true to the journey along the way, to have been relentless in the pursuit of my own health and well-being, and to constantly trust in God and, and in the process, and now to be living happily married in our own home for the first time. I mean, it was, it, I bawled my eyes out the other day as I laid in bed, hugging my husband, just thanking him and thanking God for the whole process, because it was such a full picture, 25 year journey and moment for me of true healing from losing our home and then creating this life that we've created. And if I can do it, anybody can, anybody can truly. And especially with the help of someone like you. Thank you. Yeah. I, and I just, what I, one thing that I loved from that was relentless pursuit. Yeah. I love that. That was truly heartwarming. Thank you so much for that. Um, it's certainly motivating for me. And what I heard is a really important aspect of that is the trusting of the journey, trusting in what you're doing and the relentless pursuit of that is going to allow you to, to be who you want to be and go where you want to go. Exactly. And I say, God, you can say universe, you can say soul, you can say inner light, whatever word you want to use there, that intuition is God in action. You know, that soul calling that those desires, that purpose, that, that 
feeling that you're breaking out of a shell, even though it's really scary and hard along the way, if you do the work, you will be able to fly on the other side. And that little bird doesn't know what's on the other side of that shell and it hurts to break through, but on the other side, they get to live their beautiful life. <laughs> it's, what a it's good, good metaphor, right? <laughs> <laughs> Some good shit there. Um, Some good poop there. Yeah. Yes. It feels relevant to say. Um, so how can people connect with you? You know, they, they can find you like I did on Instagram, Chelsea Haynes coaching, but I know that you have so much to offer beyond that. And so if there was anything that someone heard that they were like, man, I need to know more from Chelsea. What do they do? Come to my website. It's chelseahaynescoaching.com. You know, you, it links to a shop, which links to all the supplements that I've talked about. It links to my podcast, which is called Let's Start Health. So you can dive in a lot deeper into the gut healing journey and trauma over there. It also links to my Instagram, which I just recently made my IG private. So the link might be broken now that I think about it, but it's the same Chelsea Haynes coaching. And there's also a blog on there as well, where every month I post, um, really relevant and important info. I I really aim to not create more clutter and noise in people's lives. I really aim just to give real value and, and, and help. Um, and then from there, you can also sign up for my email list. And again, it's just a once a month, little love note in your email where I, I, dive a little bit deeper into all of these topics. ChelseaHaynesCoaching.com is probably the best, easiest place. Awesome. I love that. We're going to put all that in the show notes. Thank you again. Thank you so much. It's been such an enlightening conversation. We cannot wait to share this with our people. And um, if, if there's anything that you felt like is part of your message that you didn't feel like you said, you know, now's a great time. Otherwise we'll part ways. Thank you, Ash and Ty. This was fantastic. And I think we, we did a Great job wrapping it all up in a pretty bow. (laughs) (laughs) Just in time for Christmas. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you guys. It's been an honor. It's been so fun and I can't wait to spread the love. Thanks. You're welcome. See you, Charles.